and welcome to your property podcast with me, Nina Hirons, and welcome to all new listeners. So this week, I've got a big smile on my face. I'm having a little bop in my chair because this month, Your Property Network magazine is celebrating its 100th birthday with 100 editions. We have developed, we have grown, we have evolved, we have listened, and we just want to say a massive thank you to everyone for their continued support. So this week, Your Property Podcast is taking a very slightly different approach. Let's say we're moving into kind of season two. Uh, We are listening and we would like to answer your questions. So if you do have any questions or things you'd like us to talk about, please do email me, nina, N-I-N-A, at yourpropertynetwork.co.uk. So this week, I have managed to twist the arm of no other than Ant Lyons, founder and director of Your Property Podcast. And this week, we are going to talk about the things not to do when first starting out in property. I'm going to be a little bit quiet and I'm going to hand you over to no other than Ant Lyons. I'm Ant Lyons, editor of Your Property Network magazine, and you're listening to Your Property Podcast with me and my co-host, Nina Hirons. So, hi Nina. Hi. So today we're doing things a little bit differently. And you've kind of brought me out of retirement <laughs> to have. sit on the podcast today, and I'm I'm very pleased to be doing so. So we're going to get a couple of things out of the way to start with before we um, really get going, because um, today we're going to be talking about the what not to do when you start out in property. So the common mistakes that people make, because um, you get quite a few messages from people that listen to the podcast who kind of get stuck do you think when at the beginning of their property journey yeah 100 percent. i think people get stuck people kind of read articles they listen to people and they they kind of make those excuses and i think i think the problem is is that nobody knows where to start and i think there's there's too many excuses out there isn't there okay yeah and, and that, that's one of the things we're going to be covering today um i've made a list of i think i've got about seven maybe eight uh, of the things really really you know <laughs> not to do when you're starting out. So um, I hope this is of use for, for people who are either starting in property or restarting in property. We get a lot of people who kind of you know get a certain way in, the market changes, things change, their circumstances change, and um, and then they get stuck. They don't know what to do next. So it, it, if that's you, if you're nodding along to this as you listen, this podcast is for you. So Blatant plug to start with, or two blatant plugs to start with. Okay, um, we are obviously the publishers of Your Property Network magazine. It is the UK's leading magazine for really anybody involved in property. So, if you're into residential property, either buying, renovating, and selling, or developing, or buy to let, renting out properties, if you're into or want to be into making money out of property, it's the magazine for you. It's not very expensive. It costs six pounds ninety-five per month, so it's a small investment. You know, the cost of two cups of coffee to get your magazine delivered to you every month, and we record. I guess it's probably sort of five to seven hours worth of audio recordings. Me, uh, Nina, and the rest of the editorial team actually interviewing property investors who are out there making money now. So. Um, If it's something you're interested in, we will give you your first copy completely free of charge and we'll give you access to our membership site where you can, uh, I think we've got around 200 hours worth of audio interviews of me talking to other property investors, me talking to my property tax accountant, my broker, my solicitor, all that stuff's in there. So it's completely free of charge to trial. If you like it, it's £6.95 per month thereafter. So if you want to take us up on that, uh, then the link to go to is yourpropertynetwork.co.uk forward slash sign up. So that's yourpropertynetwork.co.uk forward slash sign up. So it's a small 
financial investment to get a massive amount of property knowledge. Okay, so plug over. Um, so what not to do when starting out in property? Uh, so top of the list, you know, I don't know if you've encountered people who do this and who've done this and regretted it. I think I've done it before in the past, and I've certainly met a huge number of people that have, it, the first step has been to buy the wrong property for the wrong reason. Um, Nina, have you had people that have messaged you about that before? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think people are so keen, aren't they? And they're so eager. Um, they obviously they, they, they kind of don't know where to look. They don't know where to start. And a property comes up and they just kind of jump in head first without perhaps doing the research. So, yeah, 100%. And pe people have said, you know, what, what do I do? So what do they do? Okay, so I want to give you a couple of a couple of examples of the wrong property for the wrong reason. And, and you're absolutely right. What happens sometimes is... Uh, people get a little bit, I'm going to, and I'm going to talk about this later on about dealing with getting bamboozled in property. You know, this if you've got to throw yourself into it, there's so much to learn that it's difficult to know which way to go. Um, and sometimes what what people do is they end up, you know, getting to a point where they think, well, I've got to do something, and then they make the wrong step. So. I'm going to give two examples of that right now, if that's okay. So um, the first one I'm going to say is don't buy property overseas. Just don't do it. So buying those kind of nice off-plan places with the lovely sea views somewhere hot, it's pretty tempting. Um, and the sales guys that they have out there are very, very good at getting you to buy into the dream. Uh, but it's not really a property strategy. If you want to do that because you want to buy yourself a second home, then great. Uh, but it's not really a strategy that's going to make you any income. It's more like gambling, really. Um, and I'll give you a really good example of that. I was driving down the coast in Marbella a few years ago, um, and it was quite a few years ago now. And the I think I'm right in saying that the mayor of Marbella had just been arrested for selling off land that didn't belong to them. So they sold off land, they had no right to sell, and um, developers had come in, built houses or built apartment blocks on this land, and eager Brits and eager Europeans had sort of ploughed in, buying into the dream and buying these places, only to find out that they bought something which didn't end up belonging to them. So those places got bulldozed, and there was pretty much nothing they could do about it. Now, that's obviously an extreme example, um, but it happens a lot. People buy stuff off plan um, overseas or sometimes here in the UK as well. And they like the idea of this kind of finished premium product. But what they're really banking on is it's gambling. They're hoping that that property is going to kind of go up in value and they're going to be able to sell it. But Quite often they're, they're buying in a place that they know very little about. They don't know anything about the sort of the legal framework there. They don't speak the language. They don't understand the local property market. They've no idea who's going to be renting this thing or what the rental market is like. The only information that they've got to rely on is the information that they're being fed by, guess who, the people that are selling it to them. So the developers, their agents, you know, they're telling them perhaps, oh, it's a great area for rentals. You know, you rent this place, no, no problem. You'll definitely be able to sell it on as the property completes. You'll be able to make a £30,000 gain or whatever. But that's the only information that they've really got. Now, if we compare the level of knowledge that someone has when they're doing that type of transaction to how much you know about your own property, your own property neighbourhood, your area, um, 
the two just don't compare. You know, I, I, I'm guessing that if I asked you, and I'm not going to ask you, but <laughs> what you thought your house was worth now, right now, you'd have a pretty good idea. Say, give or take 5%. Do you think I'm right? Yeah, of course I would, yeah, 100%. Okay. Okay, fine. But but if I said to you, okay, you know, I'm I'm selling a development in I don't know, Uzbekistan. Okay, how much do you know about the Uzbekistan property market? I, w- I wouldn't have a clue. I wouldn't know where to start. I less less than nothing then, yeah, pretty <laughs> much. So, and, and unfortunately, people get drawn into this. And the other reason that they buy the wrong thing is because of the way a deal is structured. Um. So I, I was teaching a property course, I guess it was probably about five or six years ago, and I spent at least 45 minutes telling horror stories of people who bought places off plan overseas. And I spent, you know, I, I went on and on and on and on about it a bit like today, and I'm not going to spend too much longer <laughs> on it. Um, and the next day I got an email from a guy who'd been on that course and sat there, you know, with listening, hopefully listening to what I was saying. And he said, oh, I've been offered this place in, I think it was Spain or a part of Spain. Um, and, and I'm thinking about buying it because I only have to put two and a half grand or five grand in, something like that. So the, the sellers have made it extremely appealing and very easy to get into the deal. But what he wasn't looking at is, I'm going to be owning this place for five years or 10 years. And what's it really going to mean to me? Is it going to make me money every month? So a slightly less extreme example is I was at a property show in London, maybe two, three years ago, and I was sat there doing sort of one-to-one consultation with this um, lady, and she had a couple of sort of single-let properties in central London uh, that she put a lot of money into, and um, they weren't really making a profit. You know, they're making a couple of hundred quid a month net profit after everything, and she put, you know, what London property market's like, she put a huge amount of money in, like 80, 90,000 pounds into each property. So we sat down and we chatted about what she wanted to um, to achieve, why she was doing this. And she was, I think she was sort of working in finance at the time, so she was well paid, but she really wanted to go back to university, do her PGCE and um, get her teaching qualification and be a teacher. And she, she worked it out that she needed to sort of replace, I think it was about two and a half, three thousand pounds of her current income. You know, there was going to be that much of a drop if, if she went into teaching. So... So she needed to kind of, you know, whatever financial resources she had, and she had some money in the bank right then, needed to create that income. And she was about to buy another one of the same properties she'd just bought. So she was about to put another £80,000 into a single-let property in London that was going to break even, just about break even after you took into account all the costs. And I just couldn't understand it. And she couldn't understand why I couldn't understand it. But I, I couldn't get away from the fact that what, the move that she was making was actually going to take her further away from her end goal. So when you're starting out in property, it's really, really important to be very defined about what do I want to achieve? What am I working towards? Because the, you know, it's really easy to make the wrong decisions and our goals will change. The goal will absolutely change as you go along, you know, and it might shift and your you know, situation might change. But you've got to start out with something that you're aiming at. Otherwise, you're going to get lost in property, make the wrong decisions and flail about and, and, and just not know what you're doing. So start out with a goal. Maybe it's an income goal. Um, you know, maybe you want to make two, three, four, five, six thousand pounds a month, whatever your income goal is. And then you break it down into the strategy of saying, okay, what do I need to do 
um, to get there? How will my next property purchase get me towards that goal? How will it move me towards it? And don't do anything unless it's moving you towards that goal. Does that make sense, Nina? Yeah, I think 100%. I was like, it's interesting, isn't it, when you're talking about selling the dream, aren't you? And I think, you know, when, when I talk to kind of all these, you know, the different investors, I always ask them, you know, where do you invest? And, you know, 99% of the time it is local. And the reason they stay local is because, you know, they've got these great relationships, you know, and they they can kind of manage the situation. I think quite often when you diversify a little bit further, that's when things get a lot more complicated. And, you know, and it, it, whilst, whilst you are trying to live this dream, um, you've got to remember what what the property is you know the property isn't for you is it I think you know people get very caught up don't they you know they want these properties to look fantastic um you've got to remember you know these these are for these are for business these are for rental you know these aren't your own homes and does that does that kind of make sense so kind of you know it's yeah yeah, I totally agree I mean I I mean yeah it might be that you do HMOs or whatever it is and they are finish a really high standard you're doing student lets you want to provide the best accommodation because that's going to make sure that your property is always full you know, you never have problem tenants and it and it, it, it delivers a really good profit. Mm. But, you know, clearly define what you're working towards as the out, outset. Sit down. And you know what? If that takes you three months or six months, that is much better than going out and buying the wrong thing tomorrow. You know, spending all your money on, on, on the wrong property. And then, you know what? You're, you're kind of stuck with it then. Um, okay. So never buy the wrong property for the wrong reason. <laughs> Be really, really defined about it. So... Um, the second, uh, I guess, mistake not to make is is to rely on your own resources. Um, I think we all do this at the start. I definitely did. You think, well, I'll, I'll, you know, the only person I can trust is me. Um, and, <laughs> and, and, and that's true to a certain degree. And we'll move on to that later on. So you try and do everything yourself. And if you can save a few quid here or there, then you, you'll try and do it yourself rather than kind of being smart and maybe buying in the expertise that you need. So let, let me give you an example for that. So, you know, if you're going to um, go out and get a, a mortgage tomorrow, you'd probably use a broker, wouldn't you? And, you, you and, and you know, if you were buying a place, you'd use a solicitor. You, you wouldn't try and do those things yourself to save a few hundred quid, you know, or a thousand pounds on the conveyancing and the broker fees and all that sort of stuff. It, it wouldn't be smart. You know, you get caught up in it. So why would you do that in any of the other areas of property? So I get that some people want to let their own properties. That's great. It's not for me. Um, you know, for 95% of my properties, I use agents. I think they're better at it. I don't particularly enjoy, um, you know, residential property management. It doesn't excite me. Um, so I hand that job across to someone else and I can concentrate on the things that actually I'm really good at, I enjoy and, and make money. So the other, the other part of that is relying upon your own financial resources. Uh, and I think this is, we all do this again. So we look at, you know, we come into property and say, well, how much money have I got to start? And it might be nothing. That's fine because, you know, lots of people start out there. Or it might be five or 10 or 20 or 50,000 pounds or 100,000 pounds or more. But we let that pot of money dictate what we're going to be able to do with it um and that sort of has an overarching effect that 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 dictates our goal our dream because we're saying okay i've only got 20 grand so i can only buy you know maybe one buy to let or whatever it is so that one buy to let is going to get you nowhere near your end goal um in in most circumstances Mm -hmm. 
And the truth is we all run out of money at some point in property. Property is massively capital intensive. So if you're doing you know, a development, you might even if you're using you know, maybe bridging finance or development finance, you could easily end up with 100,000 or 200,000 pounds of your money going into that deal. And guess what? I guarantee this will happen. As soon as your money's in that deal, the agent will phone and they'll have another really good property for you. It happens all the time. It's happened to me. I said, you know what? I'm kind of like tied up. You know, I've got a lot of my money tied up at the moment. I probably didn't ought to take any more. Guess what? The phone goes the same day or the next day and there's a good deal there. So I think you've got to be a lot more resourceful than that and say, okay, what is my end goal? What am I working towards? And what do I need to bring in to get me there? So that might be, you might need to make contact with planning consultants, architects, um, you know, commercial agents. You might need to bring in external finance. You might need to get, you know, bring in private investor finance into your next project. So you know, don't let the sort of pot of money that you've got to start with dictate what you're going to do in property because you're only ever going to achieve, you know, that one, or two or three or four deals. Um, I mean, most people do that to, to start with and then they kind of run out of money and then they have to get creative. I think start from scratch. Where do I want to be? What's my first goal? Is it £3,000 a month, £5,000 a month net income? How am I going to get there? Which is the best strategy to follow? What are the resources that I need to bring in to get me there? Um, if you speak to many people like that, you know, they, you know, they kind of they start out and they follow a certain pattern. They run out of money and they think, "Oh, I should have done it differently." I I think one of the big things is, um, you know, unfortunately there isn't a lot of people who've perhaps got that sort of disposable income, that money to go in, and people are like, "Well, how do I do it?" And I think one of the things that I've learned in property and is just it's it's just amazing how everybody is so open you know I wouldn't sit with you and we wouldn't just discuss how much we, you know, we both earn whatever but in property everybody is so willing to share how much things cost um what they've purchased a property for and stuff and I think the thing is if you haven't got money there is, there is ways to still get on the property ladder you know go to these networking events you know there's so many training courses out there I do know that somebody actually did contact me and say want you know say something about the podcast and said you know I feel like everybody's trying to sell a course but you know there's there's so many free resources out there and people are willing to talk to you people are willing to help you know so perhaps you haven't got the money but go along to one of these networking events network with people talk to people there could be somebody there who's got you know that that kind of pot of cash but hasn't got the time whereas you've got the time and you know perhaps you've got a bit of experience so just get out there and meet people there's there's so many opportunities out there isn't there there is and i'm going to give my top networking tip here okay if that's okay i i, I remember my first networking event it must probably be like 10 years ago thereabouts and i stood at the back looking terrified <laughs> um which i think we've all done that to a degree so and, and and the other thing is you're going to sit there and there's someone speaking at the front and you listen to what they've got to say and you and then you go home and that's it. And completely the wrong approach to networking, okay? Go there with a purpose. I want to meet people who are doing what I do in a similar area. So I'm gonna, you know, put myself out of my comfort zone, I'm gonna shake their hands, I'm gonna I'm gonna anybody that I think knows more than me in property, I'm gonna ask if I can buy them lunch, I'm gonna ask if I can buy them a coffee and pick their brains, particularly if they're following the strategy that I would follow, because 
um, coffee buys a lot of people's time. People are appreciative and they share it. And you're absolutely right. In normal life outside of property, people don't talk about what they earn. They don't talk about how much money they've got in the bank. It's all, that's probably why I don't get invited back to many dinner parties because I do that. I do that. And Anna, my wife, kind of looks at me in horror as I ask, you know, one of the directors or one of the partners at um, PricewaterhouseCoopers, how much money he made last year. And um, yeah, we don't go back there. So, um, okay. So, um, yeah, you know, like make the best of that time. There are people that can help you. There are people that can sort of further that journey. But they're only going to do that if you put yourself out there. So, um, so I guess this kind of links in with the, the the you know number three on my list, and that is you know don't be closed minded about it. I don't care how much property experience that you've got right now. I guarantee you this: you do not know everything. Um, when I said that earlier on, I was running some courses a few years ago, and I had people on those courses who've been in commercial property for 30 years, 25, 30 years, and you know that they, they lived and breathed commercial property for years. They'd done you know 50 million pound developments, but when it came to investing their own money, because before it had been someone else's money, you know, it was working for big corporate organisations, when it came to investing 100,000 pounds of their own money. They were terrified. You know, they didn't know anything about residential property. So it doesn't matter what your experience is. You, you don't know everything. You know, we're always learning in property. There's always someone else that's, you know, been there before you, done a deal that was, you know, maybe like yours and you can learn from. Um, I think we, we do that a bit. You know, we kind of go along and, you know, we people think maybe they had like 20 years in business or whatever. And they think, well, I know this property thing. The chances are you don't, you know, you wouldn't expect anyone else to know about your business. You know, if you've got, uh, you know, a car garage or, you know, a publishing company or whatever it is, anyone outside of it, they're never going to know as much as you. So don't assume that you know everything in property. Be, be open minded, be willing to learn. Um, and the other thing about that is, I don't know about you, Nina, but I remember my school days and my university days. Nobody ever taught me how to make any money. Do you remember that? Did yeah. you ever have that lesson at school? I, th I think I missed that one. I think I missed it. Yeah, maybe that. Maybe I was maybe I was like bunking off that day or something. <laughs> but nobody ever taught me how to make any money at school. No one's teaching that stuff. You know, you have to go out there and learn it from people that are doing it right now. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna move number three into number four because it's a bit of an oxymoron this one because the, the the other thing not to do is to believe everything you're told. <laughs> I, believe, uh, I believe everything you tell me, Anne. I can't believe this. <laughs> oh, you're right, too. It's me. You know, I'm a trustworthy guy. So, you know, I'm the exception that, that proves the rules. So, uh, okay. So, you know, there are some really, really great people in property. You know, I've made literally hundreds of friends, thousands of contacts in property. Um, and you can do, you know, if you listen to this, you can do exactly the same. But there is another type of person as well, and we're going to talk about them just for a second or two. And that is the kind of property shark. And we, we, we do need to be um, very wary of property sharks. There is a huge amount of money involved in property, property education, selling property deals. Um, and if we're not really careful, we can fall foul of them. We can believe the hype. And before you know it, we can end up investing our life savings with someone that we think you know we we like you know they've kind of spent a bit of time to get to know us and we like them and we've trusted them but we haven't really questioned 
what we're being told. So, so whilst you should go, you know, number three, you know, you, you don't be close-minded. Go, go into everything with an open mind. You know, n- number four, don't believe everything you're told. Bring in some of that, you know, common sense. You know, br- you know question what you're being told. Um, you know, you probably know more about property than you think you do. If, you, if you're starting out and you think I know nothing, you probably know a bit more than that, really. So, question everything. Um, take a sort of healthy sort of dose of scepticism with you, but try and be open-minded at the same time. And I know they sound like opposing things, but I'm trying to give the reality check on, you know what, we want to go, we want to learn, we want to learn what other people are doing, but let's not fall for the hype. Um, because there's a, a fair amount of that about sometimes. Yeah, of course there is. And I think, you know, it's, it's being realistic, isn't there? You know, you, you do need to be realistic. You know, there is massive opportunity and property does bring this massive opportunity, but you know, just kind of, kind of keep your feet firmly on the ground, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, it is. And, um, you know, there are some amazing people out there. There are some not so amazing people out there. You know, your job is to do your due diligence. And, you know, you, you'll hear me go on and on and on about that in sort of future podcasts, due diligence, you know, um, into, you know, how much do I know about, you know, this person, you know, applying some common sense um, and a bit of due diligence and asking around and asking about other people that have worked with them before in the past, how can I, you know, prove what they're telling me is indeed the case. Um, so that kind of links back to sort of, you know, number one, really. If you if you make those connections and people are saying, oh, you should, you know, invest in this, just be a little bit wary. You know, don't put your money into something you don't understand or maybe you don't have control over, some element of control or security over. You know, that would be my... Um, I'm going to go on to that in another podcast because I think it's really important. Actually, we're going to quickly cover that in a bit more detail. So um, just don't believe everything you're told. Take a little bit of scepticism with you. Take it all with a, a little bit of a, a pinch of salt. And try and sort of learn, okay, what's the reality in this? How does that apply to my property business, my property situation? So um, the next one is my favourite, I think, and, and it's probably the sort of one that we all do. And this is... If you heard the phrase, you know, sort of chasing the shiny pennies. Oh, yes. We all do it. <laughs> of course we do. Of course Everybody we do. does. What happens is we kind of, you know, we, we make a decision that we're going to get educated in property. And all of a sudden, we are being thrown, you know, 30 different strategies at us. You know, we're, okay, so let's, let's name some of them. So you know, maybe it's rent to rent. Maybe it's service accommodation. Maybe it's... HMOs, maybe it's development, maybe it's flipping properties, maybe it's lease options, maybe it's purchase lease options, maybe it's assisted sales or exchange of delayed completion or any one of a hundred other different sort of, you know, names for property strategies out there. And at that point, what most people do is to get completely bamboozled by it and they sort of go off and they learn a little bit about that strategy and a little bit about that one and go on a course for another one. And whilst you know, all education is good education, it's really possible to get caught up in a sort of loop um, of of continual learning and not, you know, actually putting anything into practice. And I've met people who've been going to property networking events for three years, and they haven't, you know, taken their first step into actually buying a property or investing in a property or, or doing something concrete in property. They get caught up in this loop. So, how do you get over that? It's, 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 a, it's a difficult one, really. And I think the only way to do it is to have a clearly defined goal at the very outset of, 
okay, what am I working towards? And, and that goal, as I said earlier on, it will shift, it will change. But, you know, pick the strategy that, you know, do a bit, a bit of research, a little bit of research on each one, but pick the strategy uh, that is going to get you to that end goal the fastest. So if, you're, if your goal is £5,000 a month net income from property, um, then there are a few sort of strategies that you could follow that are going to get you there. You're going to look, be looking at HMOs, you know, houses of multiple occupations, so renting properties out on a room by room basis. If you're starting out with sort of little or, or, or no money, you might be looking to couple that with doing rent to rents or sort of joint venture partnerships. Um, but what you probably don't want to be doing is sort of going off on to go, oh, so what I'm also going to look at is big commercial to residential conversions because that's a distraction from hitting that first goal. You know, that's your job. Master the strategy that gets you to goal one before you look at anything else, really, before you spend your time going on lots of, you know, hundreds of different courses. So follow one pathway, follow, you know, meet, meet someone that's done it, been there before you and done it, and copy the model. Find a model for property investing and, and, and master it. Become a master of it before you move on to doing other stuff so does that make sense yeah yeah 100 i mean you know you, you don't want to sort of be you know jack of all trades master of none do you and i think it goes back to that kind of networking you know talk to people see what they've done see what they've achieved um you know pick their brains like i said people are so willing to share aren't they and like you said copy their model um and kind of grow from there but yeah i think you're right i think you, you know you do need to focus on kind of that one strategy that you're going to tackle otherwise you can just end up kind of in a real mess and it kind of leads on to others isn't it where you just kind of get yourself into a bit of pickle and think that's why people do leave the property business because they've got themselves into such a sort of conundrum where you know yeah let's let's not mince our words their 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 heads been messed with really you know they're they're, they're bamboozled there's too much going on too much to learn Mm. they just don't you know and 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 in the end what they do is they exit they just say it's too confusing so simplify it follow a pathway to get you to your goal yeah. so and that leads on to my this is my real i said the last one was my favorite but <laughs> really, really this next one is and, and it makes me really really angry when this happens okay and people make excuses not to do something they find a reason not to do it so um the my the worst one the absolute worst one and i find it the most insulting is when people use the one of, I don't have time. And they, uh, have you heard that? Mm. Have you heard people say, you know, oh, that's, that's all well and good, but I don't have the time. Um, you, 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 use it for, you hear it all the time, don't you? Yeah, you do hear it all the time. Mm. And I haven't got time to hear it all the time, mm. but yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, people use it for everything, they don't they? They use it for not going to the gym. You know, they use it for not seeing friends. They use it for, you know, not keeping in contact with family. They say, I don't have the time. Now, look, seriously, if you're using that one, I do get it. You know, we all have constraints on our time, you know, particularly, you know, maybe maybe your um, you know, parents, maybe your, um, you've got sort of other family commitments. Maybe you've got another business, another career, which takes up time. But I'm sorry, you, you will need to make that time. So that might mean you have to make some sacrifices elsewhere. So you're probably going to watch a lot less TV or go to the pub a lot less often. You're going to spend a lot more of your time you know, talking to agents and sitting there in front of Rightmove, which is why I spend, spend most of my evenings. Um, you know, the, the, I don't have time. I find hugely insulting because it, it, there's a suggestion when people say that, 
and maybe it's just me getting grumpier and grumpier in my old age that their time is somehow more important than my time because I, I do make the time to do this stuff. So I understand it. I, but I, I, did a, I did an interview with a, um, uh, a guy in the magazine fairly recently, actually, and, and he's actually one of my, my partners in um, some bigger property deals now because you know, he impressed me so much. And you know, he, he did multiple development deals and bought uh, 20, 30 properties in a year in the UK whilst he was living and working in Dubai. Now, you know what? Don't tell me you haven't got the time when that guy's in a really busy corporate job. You know, he's got family pressures as well. Um, and at the same time, he's getting up an hour early in the morning and going to bed an hour or two later each night to find the time to make the time to do this from what? What is it? Six thousand miles away or something like that? So don't yeah. tell me. Don't, don't tell me you don't have the time because we've all got the same twenty-four hours in a day. Um, you know, how come Richard Branson seems to get a lot more done? The other one is, you know, I haven't got the money, and we've kind of dealt with that one previously. That you know, there are loads of strategies out there that if you are starting out and kind of you know scrapped the cash, there are ways to do it. I'm not going to kid you. I'm not going to tell you it's going to be dead easy. It all depends how much time you commit to it and how determined you are. That is, how many how many property investors have I sort of interviewed since we've been doing the magazine? Maybe 500. And the the one thing that every successful investor has in common is that determination, that grit, if you want to call it. I mean, the Americans use that expression a lot. You know, that kind of you know, stick at itness. The you know, I'm not going to give up. Every successful one, a successful investor I've met has that, you know, in, in, in bulk. That's what they have. Some of them started out with money. Some of them didn't. Some of them started out with experience. Some of them with literally none. So, you know, it depends how much you want to do it and how much you're going to commit to it. So please don't use the, the excuse of I don't have the time. We all have the same amount of time. You just need to reprioritize. And, and some things are going to have to be sacrificed and, um, other people in your life will hopefully have to understand or you're just going to have to deal with the fact that they don't yeah I mean god 100% it's becoming more organized isn't it I mean people organizing their time and like you say don't don't watch the episode of EastEnders you know sit and do do your research and like you said get up a little bit earlier go to bed a little bit later but you are right everybody I speak to you know they're so determined and I think the thing is everybody loves loves what they do and I think you know to get up every day and love what you do I mean that's pretty incredible you know so yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. And, you know, I think one of the reasons that so many of us love it, we, the truth is we're not kind of in love with bricks and mortar. <laughs> you know, that's not, some people are, you know, our architect seems to be, maybe he's a little bit strange. But um, what, what we're really, you know, what we really love is being in charge of what we're doing. And, and, and you know, once you've done your first deal and it's made you money, it's hugely empowering. You understand, I can do this, I'm, I don't myself and it's hugely empowering you kind of get a real sense of achievement from going out there and doing it so so don't make the excuses you know 99% of other people will make those excuses and the successful ones the one in a hundred that don't will be the ones that succeed every single time so okay so and that's kind of brings me on to the the, the last one really and that's you know giving up and we've touched on it twice now um 
quite often people come into property and I see them and uh, I go to a networking event and the guy doing the talk at the front of their uh, front of the room is, you know, who wants to who wants to make, you know, six figure sum, seven figure sum in property this year and everybody's hand goes up. Everybody. Who's going to do it? Everybody's hand goes up. But if you went back to that same room eight months on, how many people will have done it? Well, there will be people in the room who are there, who have done it, who are well on their way to doing it, but the vast majority give up. They're all fired up at the beginning, but they lose that enthusiasm or the drive um, because property is quite hard work sometimes. And I've had a few deals that, you know, as they've been going through, it's got tricky and complicated and the easiest thing in the world is to say, oh, it's not worth the, you know, oh, I can't be bothered with this. It's not worth the effort. Well, it really is if you keep going. You just have to get over those hurdles. And sometimes property is lonely and you're kind of, you know, it feels like you can be working in isolation. You've got to break out of that cycle. You have to mix with other people who are in property that are doing it. You know, don't spend your time with people who are know nothing about it because they will talk. Yeah, they will talk you out of it because they're not doing it. They don't want you to do it either because that kind of makes them feel better about their own lives. I mean, that sounds pretty cynical, but do you think it's true, Nina? No, no, yeah, do you know what? I do think it's true. And I think people listen to people's stories, don't they? And I think they think, oh, you know, it's going to be really, really easy. We're going to buy a property and it, we're just going to rent it out and it's just going to give us all this money. But do you know what? It is It is really, really hard work. And like you said earlier, you know, the people who have been successful, they've all got those common things, haven't they? You know, they're really motivated. They're really driven. They're really passionate. And if you haven't got that, then, you know, I think the reality is you're not going to succeed as harsh no, as that you're, is. You're, 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 you'll only be, be uh, uh, ever be a sort of, you know, also ran because you gave up, you know, you gave up too early. <laughs> um, you, maybe you gave up before you got your first success in property because I guarantee when you get the first one, you get a taste of it, you understand what you need to go through to, to, to make that deal happen. And the next one's not as tough. You know, okay, it might be more complicated, but you're more used to dealing with it. So, um, and that's my kind. I guess that's my final one for today. And I know we're going to do some more in this this series of, you know, I guess advice for people who are starting out in property. I meet hundreds of people who are starting out or restarting out. And today's just been a, a bit of an overview of the common traits that I see, the common mistakes I see people falling into. Um, so please don't let that be you. I hope you've made some notes, you know, if you if you can. Um, maybe not if you're kind of listening to this podcast as you're driving driving along <laughs> or something. Is how I listen to all my podcasts. Um, but, it, you know, let some of these things sort of sink in and remember them because when things get tough, um, you know, you're going to need to sort of draw on those inner resources. You can do it. Hundreds of, remember this, hundreds of other people, thousands of other people have been there before you and carved out a pathway. So you're not reinventing the wheel. You know, you're, this isn't, you know, cutting edge science or anything like that. We're not in the sort of bounds of the boundaries of the unknown. Other people have been there and done it. And you can too, if you're willing to learn, if you're willing to commit, if you're willing to be open minded, but with a little bit of, you know, a bit of a reality check in there as well. If you're willing to go out there and make contact with other people who can forward your property knowledge. Um, so with that in mind, uh, if this is interesting and you want to learn a little bit about more about some of the strategies that we've just 
mentioned. So rent to rent, you know, flipping properties for profit, HMOs, all those kind of things. If, if you think, you know what, I need, to, I need to learn a little bit more about those, then you can do so by going to yourpropertynetwork.co.uk forward slash begin. Have I got that right, Nina? You have, you have. <laughs> okay, so that's yourpropertynetwork.co.uk forward slash begin. And on that webpage, you can get a completely free, um, you just literally fill in, I think it's your name and your email address, and we will email you our beginner's guide to starting out in property. So an overview of the different strategies, some of the things to be aware of. There's some useful contacts in there as well of where you can follow up and um, you know make your next step, take your first actions into property. Uh, okay, so um, I'm going to kind of wrap things up now because I've been talking about 100 miles an hour. So very finally, again, uh, go to yourpropertynetwork.co.uk forward slash begin if you want to download the beginner's guide. If you kind of want to take the next step in terms of your property education and for a very small financial investment at yourpropertynetwork.co.uk forward slash sign up, then we'll, get, we'll send you your first copy of the magazine completely free of charge. We'll also send you, I think it's the last two years digital editions. So you've got an awful lot of sort of catching up to do there on that and around about 200 hours worth of audio recordings. If you like the magazine, if you like the content that we, we do, just keep your direct debit in place and we'll keep sending your magazine every month and you continue to have access to the membership site. So um, if not, you are free to cancel at any time, but why would you? You'd have to be insane. So, okay, so that link again is yourpropertynetwork.co.uk forward slash sign up. And that kind of brings us to the end of the podcast today. So Nina, thank you for having he is the guest. No, thank today. you. Thank you. I've uh, oh, you've been weird. fabulous. I know it is weird. I feel like a bit role reversal here. I feel like I've just been kind of sat here listening. But uh, yeah. thank you. Thank I, I, you. I, and that's normally my job. That's what I do. So, <laughs> uh, so to every one of you who's listened to this podcast, I hope it's just you know. It's a bit of a sort of reset today. Um, in future podcasts, we're going to be going into a lot more detail on some of these things, some of these things, and, and and really pulling apart some of the strategies. So keep listening to the podcast. Please go online and review us. You know we'd be massively grateful if you do, um, and we look forward to catching you up. You get up with you again on your property podcast. So there we have it. Season two begins with the amazing interview by no other than Ant Lyons. We hope you've enjoyed. Thank you for joining us, and until next week, have a good one.